Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I am joined by Jamie. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, welcome back to our podcast, and yes. uh, you know, thank, thank you all for being here and, and listening to us yes. as we ramble on about yet another Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, since we've been having some new headlines in the media about books that are being banned and Holocaust denying, we thought we would talk about the newly released Netflix original film, My Best Friend and Frank. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it either just, it just came out like at the beginning of this month, I believe. Yeah. It's, it's really new. For sure. Yeah. It's just like within the past week. Um, so you might not even heard of it yet. We're, you know, really on top of the times with this one. Yes. <laughs> Um, so the premise of it is, you know, we all have heard of Anne Frank, I hope. Um, she's probably the most famous victim or one of the most famous victims of the Holocaust because her diary about it was published after her death. Yeah. But, and so we've all kind of are familiar with her story, but this is told from the perspective of her best friend and she survived being in the, I guess she was in an exchange camp and not a concentration camp like Anne was. And she was able to write her own memoirs about her experiences. And this movie is based on Hannah's memoirs. Yes. Um, So it's a different perspective of a familiar story, which was, I I liked that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I I didn't, I'd never even heard of this woman before, or I'm sure I, I read the the diary of Anne Frank, so I'm sure she's mentioned in it, but it wasn't anything that like I remembered her, you know, about her years later or anything. Right, and to be um, honest, like I don't know about how recently you've read the diary. Maybe you did, maybe you had to in college. I don't know. I haven't read it in a very long time, so a lot of the I, details about like the day to day has been lost to me. But yeah, I I haven't read it in a very long time. This movie makes me want to reread it because I remember reading it and I remember being of the age I was probably like seventh grade where I just didn't care you know I didn't want to have to be reading this book and and I don't I don't think I retained enough because I wasn't appreciating what I was reading at the time um no I didn't read it in college which I think I took a couple of different classes on the holocaust in college and I think the reason that we didn't read it was because we collectively all disagreed. We had already read that one. Let's read new, yeah. you know, representations. Um, one of which was Mouse. For anybody out there who's yeah. listening and heard of that graphic novel being banned, um, highly recommend that. But um, but yeah, I do kind of want to reread the Diary of Anne Frank now. <laughs> yeah. So what did you what did you think of the movie? I thought the movie was it was good. Like every. I think it was well acted. Um, it was, I mean, it was um, kind of like semi anticlimactic. Like I know that it's a true story; it doesn't have to be like you know super, right. you know, dramatic and and all that stuff. But I, I don't know. I, I expected more to kind of happen in the in there. Yeah. So you're not alone with that. Um, mm-hmm. There, I wrecked up some like reviews online after I finished watching it, and there's a lot of people who really didn't care for this movie. It only yeah. has like a 0.4 on Rotten Tomatoes right now, um, and a lot of their complaints 
were that it didn't seem like gritty enough or or dark enough to be a film about the Holocaust. Like they show them in the concentration camps and, and in the exchange camps, and you see like like the different like abuse that happened yeah. it to the to the Jewish people during that time. But it's all kind of muted a little bit or more in the background it's not like right up in your face the way it is in a lot of holocaust movies and so i think people were almost let down that it wasn't as intense as they were expecting it to be yeah but i mean that begs the question or anything you know right yeah (laughs) that begs the question though like are we just like super desensitized to the history of the holocaust in a way well maybe but i i think like when and I, I thought about this afterwards mm-hmm. yeah, while I was watching it. But I think that, like, it's told from the perspective of, like, a 12 or a 13-year-old girl and, like, what she's going through. So she wasn't as aware of the dark parts of what was happening around her as the adults would have been. So, like, we have the one character who's, like, this Hungarian woman in the exchange camp. And she's clearly, like exchanging sexual favors to help these girls like get in and out of the hospital to see their father and she does it at one point kind of save hannah's life but like i don't think hannah would have been aware that that's what this woman was doing you know this woman was just helping her and that's we don't see you know any of that what we know like clearly that's what's happening but we don't see any of it yeah and i think that's because hannah wasn't really aware of what was happening and and as a child i'm sure in retrospect as an adult she understood what this woman had was doing for them but as a child it, she didn't quite understand that you know right which is why i think it's all of the the harshness is kind of muted until she sees um and frank's through the wall and she sees her with her head shaved and covered in like you know sores and injuries and just like sees her best friend in this like really harsh condition um and like that that detail is very clear to Hannah like that this is not okay kind of thing and that's like the first really graphic image that you see in the whole film yeah that's true I was surprised (laughs) like that she was actually able to reconnect with Anne at all like I didn't kind of expect that to happen and that's, yeah, and that's it, not something that's like in Anne Frank's diaries at all because she doesn't have her diaries with her in the concentration camp to have written about that. Right. And I know that some of the events are like dramatized in there. So I don't know if that was one of them, like her actually being able to find her and or if that's just something that like in her hopes she was able to sort of make amends with her since they, at least in the movie, ended on a, you know, a typical note of young kids kind of annoyed at each other and saying <laughs> saying they hate each other and this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, oh no, I, I looked it up afterwards and to the best of like what records can show us, um Anne Frank and uh, Hannah what's her last name? Glosser? Glosser. Gossler, I think. Yeah. Gossler. Um they were in a concentration camp and uh, an exchange camp that were right next to each other in the okay. same location. Um, and in her memoirs, she does say that she there was she saw her one time um, through mm. the she was able to like see her through the wall. I don't know if she actually dug a hole through it or if it was more like a kind of gap in the fence kind of situation. But she did see her, and it was a couple of days like before the exchange camp that Hannah was in. 
gets emptied out because the Germans are fleeing. And it's around the same time that Anne and her sister both died in the concentration camp. Um, they weren't exterminated. They think they probably died of ty- um, typhus, I think. Hmm. Some sort of illness that was like rampant at the camp at the time um, is they, what they believe killed them. Gotcha. I looked that up afterwards, too. I didn't know that all off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah. That's really fortuitous, though, to like that they're able to hear at least hear each other's voice and she's able to see her again just given the fact like the unlikelihood of that happening especially since i mean i don't know at one point hannah was taken away but i do know that um and frank and her family were in hiding for like two years so it's you know two years later that they happened to meet up or at least or more that happened to meet up again yeah i don't i don't know how long which one of them ended up you know, in, in a concentration or exchangement camp first, the Wikipedia yeah. article didn't say. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I know that they were in them, like in them around the same time. And it was towards the end of the war, you know, it was in within a matter of days or weeks after that, where she sees her through the wall is when they are actually liberated. And it was right about that. The liberation was coming soon. Yeah. Um, she unfortunately didn't make it long enough. Yeah to witness that happening right that's sad it makes me want to read the uh the autobiography or biography or whatever it was of uh of hannah as well i think that would be interesting yeah yeah so like in the movie there's this whole the other side of like what makes it not feel like a standard holocaust movie is there's these you see the, the them in the concentration camps, but then you also see them as children before they were taken to the concentration camps and they're living this kind of happy childhood. And at the beginning, you know, you the, other than the yellow star that they're forced to wear on their, um, their jackets, there's not really there anything else, you know, what am I trying to say? <laughs> you don't, you don't really notice that like the, the German presence beyond that, but as, right. The memories progress, you start seeing more and more, you know, of like people who don't want to be around them, signs saying, you know, no Jews allowed, the mm-hmm. the idea that Jews are no longer allowed to talk on the phones, the teachers start going missing from the classrooms, yeah. like you start to see like more and more of this happening, um, up leading up until when Anne dis- and her family disappear, Hannah thinks that they have gone on vacation to Switzerland. Um, but they had not, they had been, they go up to hide in the, in the attic at that point. That's when she's out of the picture for the next two years then. And and Hannah doesn't really know what happened to her until she, you know, finds her at the, um, concentration camp later on. Yeah. (laughs) But like the memories kind of have a much more like upbeat kind of sunshiny feel to them than the dark contrast of being in the concentration camp, which is not normally something you have in a holocaust film either right Uh, and sort of the main conflict or the main storyline up to that point or during most of it is just like these girls like being best friends and then having these sort of mundane differences like with other girls entering the picture and causing strife between them and it's all kind of like in a way those relationships are kind of juvenile yeah. And I feel like that also adds like a little, it, I don't know, it kind of makes it less serious in a way because you're like, uh, classic kids fighting. Like, okay, right, yeah. 
for stupid reasons or whatever. Um, but then, yeah, a lot of things start picking up and then her mother dies and all this stuff. But Yeah. And then, like, when Hannah is in the exchangement camp as well, like, her mother um, is not there at that point. She's, she's already dead. Um, she died during childbirth. Um, and she did give birth to a stillborn baby, which I think is what we were kind of meant to believe happened with that scene where the German police officer pushes really hard on the mother's stomach, probably being the result of the reason that the baby is stillborn and the mother dies in childbirth. Yeah. Um, but so like when she, when Hannah ends up in the concentration camp or the exchangement camp with her sister, Gabby, she's kind of like the mother role at that point, even though she's only like 12 years old herself because her mother is gone. Her father is a kind of out of the picture. He's in the medical tent because he's very ill, ends up dying at the end. Um, yeah. So like, and then like the whole, the difference in like the coloration between yeah. when they're in the Concentration camp. It's just all shot very dark grays, dark blues, blacks kind of coloring, and then very much. I want to say like you know the 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 nineteen fifties like housewife <laughs> kind of bright sunny kind of coloring is like what their memories are then done in. Uh, especially at the beginning, they're outside. Yeah. You know, there's everything is very happy in her memories, um, and, but then you see like the darkness kind of stepping coming in down the road as the movie progresses yeah so it was kind of a cool cinematic thing about it i don't know why people didn't like this movie as much yeah that's not i mean it's definitely not the darkest holocaust movie i've watched um, but probably one of the lightest ones and in that way it would be a good like way to introduce children to the guy you know when teaching them about the holocaust this isn't something where you're going to see gory violence but it still tells a story of of hardship and human cruelty in a way that would be accessible to people of a younger age so we need some of that content too it's true yeah and um these sort of uh exchangement camp versus you know the full-on image that we usually have for the concentration camp i think is an important to teach about as well like there are kind of different levels you know that went into right. it for different reasons but yeah i agree i mean i don't think it was a terrible thing like you still understand the loss of the holocaust and yeah i mean yeah 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 the exchangement camp was like they kept some of the jewish prisoners there who had like a little bit higher of you know standing within society who they could exchange for german prisoners of war mm-hmm. like when able to you know they would be like oh well we can release this family in exchange for this german prisoner of war kind of thing so they kept ones who that people who they deemed were more valuable in a camp where they were less likely to die but clearly some of them still do since the father dies <laughs> yeah and that old woman next to hannah dies as well yeah yeah but um i find it surprising too that i guess it's because of that so they could exchange for lives but usually we see the image of young children sort of ushered immediately into um gas chambers or disposed of in some way in most holocaust films um but this one obviously her sister's gabby lives she does yep so it's and she's able to stay with hannah so that's kind of a difference i think that we that maybe like for some people, that um, also lessens the horror of of the whole, of the time. But yeah, I don't know. 
but like this this was also something that was happening at the time there were these exchange camps set up and i think mm-hmm. probably most all of the ch- young children who survived the holocaust were probably in exchange camps because they kept them alive then so they could release whole families um it's like a bargaining chip essentially um where yeah, yeah like most of the time young children were just immediately killed because they were harder to deal with you didn't want nobody wants to deal with like a crying baby right um, yeah but i think yeah that's gabby and and uh hannah both survive and they tell us at the end like how many like children and great-grandchildren they go on to have <laughs> yeah a ton is the answer yeah like a lot that was their revenge <laughs> against against the nazis yeah <laughs> see i don't understand why people were not liking this movie so much i think like maybe it's partly that we're desensitized partly you know people want they want that gore they want that you know character arc where you see you know Anne frank's death or something like that but this was from hannah's perspective and this was how she perceived you know her experience in the holocaust um so i thought it was well done yeah and more accessible than a lot of holocaust movies yeah definitely i also um i like they also showed details of um jewish traditions as well like every time hannah is entering her house she i forget the name of the thing but she like touches a thing and kisses her lips and stuff or kisses her hand um uh, as like a sort of blessing and then uh after her mother dies and after her father dies like her collar is ripped um which is to symbolically show the the mourning and the the tear and the heart um from death which i didn't know about um i was actually watching it and like as her dad like ripped her thing i was like what's happening here um so i looked up the tradition which is i guess called korea and korea uh, and uh um they do that during the shiva period but during yeah what in the first scene like when right after her mother dies and her father just comes up and like rips her shirt i was like what is happening Uh, i never (laughs) either but i didn't look it up then but when they do it later on kind of dawned on me i was like oh okay that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was just really mad and ripped her shirt and frustrated. <laughs> yeah. She didn't get the doctor quick enough. Yeah. Or at all. Or at all. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Man. yeah. Yeah. It was, I thought it was well done. I would definitely recommend it. I don't have any quotes from it because I actually watched the English dubbed version of it. Um, so I didn't think that any of the quotes were, yeah authentic enough to write down <laughs> yeah that's fair i mean um yeah it, so most of it for those who haven't watched it and are thinking of doing it the original audio is mostly dutch but yeah. um obviously when they're in the camps um the two women are speaking predominantly uh i didn't know the language but i guess hungarian and um the obviously the german officers are speaking german and occasionally i think like most of the time when Hannah was talking to her mother, she, her mother was speaking German. Yes. Um, and that's actually because they were like her parents and Anne Frank's parents, they were all born in Germany mm-hmm. and they moved to Amsterdam after like the Nazi party takes over in Germany. And it seems like, like, you know, they're very anti-Jewish. So they yeah. moved down to get away. They don't get away far enough, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, that's parents native language is German. Yeah, and we have that scene early on when um, 
they lose the ball that they were playing with Hannah and Anne and they walk up to the office officers and speak German and they were like oh you can speak German and they do mention that they were born in in Germany yeah but and then they make yeah. a vow to never speak German again which and then like both of their parents all speak German I know. <laughs> really unrealistic yeah. goal <laughs> yeah and for the most part in the movie her father actually spoke to her in Dutch so yeah. But like, yeah, it was interesting watching the exchange between like exchanges between Anne uh, with Hannah and her mother because it was just like obviously they both speak and understand German and speak and understand Dutch. So one was just speaking in Dutch and the other was speaking in German. And like German and Dutch normally are not like they're sort of understandable, like mutually intelligible, but most for the most part not really. So right. it's kind of funny to have that sort of like multi-language family where you can just speak whatever language you feel like speaking yeah in the english dub version it's only the dutch that's dubbed in english so when they're speaking in german um it, you have still have to read the subtitles for that and for the hungarian text it doesn't actually translate it at all it just says like speaking in hungarian or something yeah i didn't it didn't translate it in the subtitles for um for the dutch version either yeah but i mean you get what they're talking about because half the time they're translating it for her anyway so right that's true yeah but yeah i mean linguistically it was an interesting film as well if that (laughs) adds to anyone's desire to watch it definitely recommend watching this movie i recommend watching and reading any sort of art or representation about the Holocaust that you can get your hands on. The more we learn about history, the less likely we are to repeat it. Exactly. Um, and right now there's, you know, the whole thing with the, the mouse book being banned is bringing to light a lot of other books that are banned in different schools across the country. If you just Google like a banned book list, there are a lot to choose from. And I've seen a few friends on social media who are doing like a banned books challenge where they're <laughs> just trying to read all of the books that are banned right now. Um, so I think that's a good idea if you're looking for a new reading challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, read all the banned books (laughs) yeah if i had time in my life that is 100 percent something i'd be interested in doing as well yeah yeah i I saw a quote recently it said that a book worth banning is a book worth reading (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) uh but yeah so that's my uh my best friend and frank make sure to check it out um you can let us know what you thought or if you have any other good banned books you want to share with us you can let us know on twitter at nno podcast or you can send us an email at navigating netflix originals at gmail.com and feel free to send us any other thoughts of movies or shows that are netflix originals that you'd like to see us discuss in the future indeed so thanks everyone again for listening and until next time bye bye